Moats Wesley Hewlett back in the saddle, segment number two of today's episode, which, by the way, is in podcast format for ah. those that are unaware. Podcast kind of like the new thing that's happening right now, you know? <laughs> it just is what it is. People are like, well, what's a podcast? It's like commercial-free, uninterrupted, unadulterated radio whenever you want on demand. You ever seen the movie Zoolander? I have. I'm familiar with it. Ah, podcast so yeah. hot right now. <laughs> That's like the thing right now, man. So wherever you get your podcast, and I mean wherever, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, you name it. You name it. We are there. Still is Blitz. Blitz with a Z That's at right. the end of it. Okay. We outside. That's it. Is I, that simple, I, I see you giving me that look. I ain't playing <laughs> that game today. Oh, okay. Okay. I was just testing you. I wanted, I wanted to see where your temperature was at the day. I'll, I'll get back in the saddle one of these all days. All right. All right. Just know I got heat for people you like you. Fool me once. <laughs> shame on me. <laughs> fool me 17 times. Shame on me. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, Let's continue with this conversation now. Um, yeah, we got a lot of participation yeah, so, here in this so one. So Power Grid at Megawatts, we have been talking to you. We have been asking you about your thoughts on the conversation of Matt Canada and Keith Butler. Um, if the Steels look really inspired, they play really well offensively and defensively. Schematically, they look good versus the Chiefs. Schematically. Does that change your opinion of our offensive and defensive coordinator in the sense of would you want them to return or not? So with that being said, I'll turn it over to you since you have the uh, the Twitter.com pulled up, man. Let's see what they're talking about out here, man. Yeah, and of course, you know, we've got a little bit of both. You know, the, the duality of the tweets here. Our buddy Steelers Nation 920 says, the only way I bring Canada back is a Super Bowl appearance. Well, well I can understand that, though, because if you're talking about a Super Bowl appearance – in this sense, you are getting what I had laid out in terms of the prerequisite, right? I said I do think we need to be more than just one playoff game. Sure. Yeah. We need at least two to three at least. Like, I, I prefer three. Three, that's AFC Championship. And I feel like if you're there, that has done something significant. There have been some type of significant changes in the quality of opponent. Yes. Can yes. no longer be an excuse. It can't be a justification for, oh, we won because Correct. of this team. Correct. Or we only did it because of that. It's like, no, nah, all that goes out the window as you progress through the postseason. Correct. So, yes, I can understand that for him. Super Bowl. Okay, for me, I said AFC Championship. So, we're pretty much on the same page, though. I can understand that. You know, I we were laughing about some of the people that were trying to draw comparisons to 2005, mm -hmm. right? And, oh, we backdoored in that. We won the Super Bowl, first six seed to do it. Let's be the first seven seed to do it. One parallel that I would actually like to see from 2005 to this mm -hmm. Sunday, you know, in 2005, right, they, they, they beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, first game of the playoffs, wild card weekend, the, you know, the Carson Palmer right. injury game, all that. And then they go to Indy, where they lost by like 30 points earlier in the season, and mm -hmm. they're massive underdogs. And, of course, we know that epic game with the Jerome Bettis fumble and the Ben Roethlisberger tackle and the Troy Palomalu interception that they took away and Joey Porter screaming, cheat that, at the cameras <laughs> walking off the field. One parallel that I would like to see, Motes, that season in 2005, and stop me if you've heard this before with the Ben Roethlisberger offense, Steelers didn't really run play action. Mm -hmm. Wasn't their cup of tea. They were bottom of the league in play action. They came out in that divisional round game in Indianapolis, and they used play action like crazy. 
And the Colts were looking around like, he came out throwing it. Who's this offense that we're playing right now? If there is a wrinkle like that that's brought a a drastic change that we can see that that is easier to see for the common eyes, what you're referring to. Maybe it's attacking the middle of the field like Mm -hmm. we've been begging for all season. If there's something like that, I think that could change the tune of this conversation. I do. If there's a real wrinkle, a real change that has tangible impact. But I do feel like that is a loaded question because tangible changes to fans versus tangible changes to, like, my eyes, Hmm. I do think are drastically different. Oh, for sure. And that's why I'm trying to figure out. That's why you're Professor But but that's ultimately why I'm trying to figure out also, like, how drastic are we referring to? Like in the sense of do these drastic changes have to result in productivity or just the intent? Because when you bring up productivity. Yeah, because when I hear people bring up throw the ball to the middle of the field, okay, I can pull up on tape where, yes, you can throw it out here if you want to, but based on the separation that the receiver is getting or the lack thereof and based on Seven's inconsistency with his ball placement this year, I do think – if he were to take some more of those chances, the interception numbers would increase. And that is the part of me where I'm like, there is a give and take with it. I understand for the sake of doing it, could he do it? Sure. But I do think some of that will be forced because of those variables, whereas right now I think he's operating with a little bit more caution in those avenues, but at the same time it limits the offense as well. Right. Yeah. Scott tweets us and says, one more year for Matt Canada. Um, I know he's getting a lot of heat, but I wonder, is it more on the calls or is it more on some misreads and some lack of execution by Ben and company? That's a fair yeah. point as well, too. No, seriously. Um, that, 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 that's, and again, those are just the, the questions that, you know, unless you're the, the fly on the wall when they're breaking down film in the meeting room, it's, it's tough to find an answer to Adam tweets us. Let's say here. Oh wait, no, hold on. Sorry, Adam. Different conversation. We'll get to you in the next. We'll get to you in the next in the next uh, segment. Adam. Julie tweets us and says Canada can leave and take Mason Rudolph with him. Ooh. The quarterback for next year is not on this team. They cannot waste two years of TJ and Najee. They have too much cap space. Julie, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Uh. Uh-uh. I think Mason Rudolph is at least going into camp, going to be in competition with someone. I I don't know, man. I, as much as in theory as, oh, yeah, let's get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or I, even Derek Carr could be on the right. market. I, I would take either of those three guys. I think Derek Carr is actually an, an underrated quarterback. What if it was Jimmy G? I'd rather have – Jimmy G and Mason duke it out in training camp, then, you know, just handing it to Mason. Okay. But I, I would not be, I would not be booking my Super Bowl reservations if if Jimmy G is the quarterback next year. Well, I don't concern myself with that because <laughs> those people booking Super Bowl reservations this year. I mean, if we've been real about it, we know how this goes. It's true. Yeah, that's true. I heard Stiller Gang got some real estate out there. Yeah, man. You know, that's how, that's how people roll, man. I yeah I. I'm listen, we'll we'll talk more about the quarterback situation, but um I at least think Mason Rudolph's gonna have a a, a substantial say in that conversation. I think so as well. And I and a couple reasons. Um obviously cause Ben, if you heard his tone. Yes. 
that has drastically shifted, right? Yes. He thinks that he's earned the right to at least get a fair shot to... And that has changed big that's... time every time he's talked yes. about Mason in the past. Yes. Very, very much a changing of the tone right there. But hearing that, I also think that that's an endorsement. That's one of those, yes, he, he, it's kind of like he's campaigning for him, right? Yes. Mason's going to get that opportunity. <laughs> that's it. Like, I feel like he's going to get that opportunity. Now, barring us landing a premier free agent quarterback. You're right. right. Let's and, take and, that. And Let's pre- take that. And when I say premier, I'm talking very select. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson Deshaun Watson, if everything got cleared up. Because outside Would you even that, put Derek Carr in that category honestly, or no? no. I no. mean, I think Derek Carr, obviously he would be the, the bottom tier of those names, but he's probably the last guy that I would throw in there in that. And I still don't even think it's a foregone conclusion that he's out of, uh, out of Vegas. Agreed. Especially they, after, I mean, absolutely. everything he, if they don't pay that guy after absolutely. everything he was able to do for that franchise this season. All right. It's like, you can see he's French. He's like right on the cusp of being in that elite tier because he flashes it. He's flashing it more consistently now. Agreed. But still some questions on it. And I understand that. So if we're taking those guys out of the equation, honestly, I do feel like Mason belongs in any competition, whether you're drafting a quarterback in the first round or if you're bringing in any veteran quarterback, whether you're talking to Tyrod Taylor, whether you're talking to Jimmy G, whether you're talking to Baker Mayfield for just hypotheticals, right? If Cleveland decided to not do business with him, like I even a Gardner Minshew. Oh, I, we I got we got a tweet like, about Gardner Minshew. Like I honestly feel like Mason has at least dis, uh, displayed enough in his time here that he should get a chance to compete with those guys. And hey, if Mason is as bad as you know, the half thinks that he is, well, hey, it should be easy for any of these quarterbacks that I just named to beat him out, Yeah, right? If, yeah. He, if he's that bad, if he's the ter- the worst quarterback in the league, it shouldn't be an issue. But on the flip side, for those that do believe in him, well, hey, you're going to get your opportunity you're to be validated, get Yeah, to, get, to let him beat one of these guys out. A guy that, well, when you compare his name to others, is always a – unique conversation because they have playing experience they have starting experience so their numbers look better some of these guys have had playoff success when you talk about a jimmy g you talk about a baker even tyrod taylor to an extent but is that because they got the opportunities whereas with mason outside of the one year when he was young he really hasn't had uh what do you call it a a sustained audition like that at this stage in his career right so I think about that also. I'm just like, mm, I, I, that's kind of where I fall with it. If it's not an elite-tier veteran quarterback, any quarterback that's coming out in this year's draft, I think Mason can give them a run for their money. Oh, I agree. It's not a like, good quarterback. Even if you're talking here. about a Kenny Pickett, I'm like, man, Mason coming out of Oklahoma State, to me, I understand the Heisman hype and things like that, and we've talked about why that Heisman hype was what it was this year. But I think that Mason – coming out of college I viewed as a better passer I viewed as a better player in in a sense like more electric now I get it with Kenny because he's excited and some of the things that he's able to do but that's the part of me where I'm like I don't think that it's a foregone conclusion like it would typically be in previous years where you take a quarterback in the first round and you just say hey this is the guy I don't think that's the case right now. Mason Rudolph's year there were five quarterbacks taken in the first round yeah like Mason Rudolph would be if he was coming out of college this year, he would be a first round pick. Yeah. All right. And if Kenny Pickett was coming out in 2018, he might not be a first round. I mean, Lamar Jackson was barely a first round Mm -hmm. pick. 
and he's been an MVP of the stinking league. Yeah. Josh Rosen did go 10th overall, so anything is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> um, you know what? It's funny. I knew you were going to bring up Pickett there. The one name that you didn't bring up. Mm-hmm. Did, did I say this to you on Monday? I can't remember if I did. I can't remember if I said because I did Locked on Steelers with Chris right. Carter this week. I can't remember if I said this to Carter or to you. My nightmare scenarios for next Steelers quarterback. <laughs> Number one, Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd have to go back. We'd have to delete a lot of tape, all right? We'd have to strike a lot of the things. You would. We'd have to strike a lot of the things that I've said from the record. Yes, because there is one person that does happen to like Kirk. There's another person who's called him Kirk Coupons for the past five years Mm -hmm. because he's your discount quarterback. Second on that would be Kenny Pickett, obviously. I mean, if I had to say nice things about either of those guys, I I might just break my spirit. But I – I think realistically, it's Mason Rudolph, and it's like I could I could see the Steelers going with a guy like Sam Howell in the second round. Fair enough. We know that they've been down to the Carolinas to scout him a couple times. I I, I would be surprised if they went first round quarterback because it just doesn't feel like the year for that. And I where was they're going to say be, if I had my druthers, where they're going to be selecting is I, I would much like, if. You threw Kirk Cousins out there, and I mean, you said it in a negative connotation. Oh no, I'd take him I over, take any, him of those over any of those guys. That we just like, like not yeah. even thinking twice about it. I would take yeah. him over anybody coming out of the draft right yeah. now, because again, this team, the, there needs to be some some foundational repairs. We we've talked about that, and but we will obviously rebuild. But it's not yeah. a you know we just won three games this year, and we got to tear everything down, and and you know, and and everything's on the table in that regard. Whew, I like this conversation. This and, is good, and, and that's why. And, and shout out to the tweets, man, because y'all, yeah, y'all we, are we got a bunch. This conversation go even further. We got a bunch here. Rock tweets us and says, "No more Canada. The side to side stuff is driving me nuts." Um, I've just been just wish he would let Ben go downfield. Free Ben, no Canada. <laughs> but see, that's the that's the that right. to me is the kicker. See, I feel like people say so that. I feel like we're not seeing Matt Canada's offense right. function the way he really wants it and, to and function. When people say he's not allowing Ben to go downfield. I do not agree with that. When I watch the tape, yeah, I, I think, don't agree with that. I think Ben's kind of got the power to do what he uh, wants yes. at this point. Yes, and I feel like maybe are, earlier in the season. Yes, earlier in the season, maybe you had a case, but this stage, I do not agree with that at all. I feel like when Ben wants to make certain throws, he will make them. Um, you look at him in the in the fourth quarter, into the fourth quarter in overtime. He was taking his chance. He was stretching the field. He was going in the middle of the field. He was hitting the spots that we always talk about. I just think that he understands that he can't do it as frequently as we would like him to, mm. and he has to pick and choose when he can put it out there like that. Yeah, that's the situation. I, 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 I think you are correct. Like when there. I watch it, that's what I see. I I, just, I don't think is anything that's drastically called different. I just think that in those gotta-have-it moments, he's like, all right, I can give it to you right here. Whereas if he's trying to do that for four quarters, I just don't think he's capable of that Agreed. right now Agreed. without having the back-breaking turnover. Right. Francis tweets this and says, if I were in charge. Oh, I like that. If I were in charge, if I I'd, were hire, a boy. I'd hire Arthur Motes. <laughs> you know, our, I hope our, we didn't say that. Our buddy Adam Crowley. Have you heard his "If I Were in Charge" joke before? I did not. So Adam Crowley, when when someone would say, "If I were in charge," or "If I were making the decisions," Crowley would always go, "And I would if they just paid me eighty k." 
If I were in charge of the Steelers, and I would be for 80K, uh, Francis says I'd revamp the offensive line, try and get someone like Aaron Rodgers or a veteran to lead the offense and run it back. I think this team would be scary good with more consistent quarterback and offensive line play. No coordinators fired here. Mm, I could definitely see that. If you feel like it's more personnel related, I could easily – understand it's, that it's, concept it's right hard, there. like you have to at least consider that as a very realistic possibility no, I, could, I could easily see that yeah and we all i mean we all know it, it begins and ends in the trenches man and, and they have struggled mightily there for the majority of this season but i will say this in uh rebuttal to mr crowley i think he would want more than 80k to be the boss of the steelers though yeah just well, you know what, though, he's, he's cheap that crowd no, no, he ain't that cheap he can't be that cheap DC tweets us and says the reality um, is that I think both of those guys did their job. Yeah, it was messy, but they got us to a playoff to the playoffs. And now it's a new season. We do have a ton of deficiencies in all three phases yet. We're still here. We are. You know what? I, it's a very good point by DC. Our buddy Devin in Denver. What's the up cousin? Human flamethrower. He says, if we don't bring back James Washington, Matt Canada has got to go. Well, now, hold on. Wouldn't I think Mason Rudolph would be more tied to Canada at this point than James Washington. Well, I think no, James Washington's this, going yeah, regardless. If you're James Washington, why would you want to come back? Yeah, why would you stay at this point? Like, why? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why? The, 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 yeah. And you I'm know not believing be anything you telling me about my role increasing. I'm not believing anything you telling me about, same, hey, we think you go move up the depth chart. I don't want to hear none of no, that, Yeah, man. we, we got to yeah. call a spade a spade on that one. The same, the same people who have been screaming, why is Ray Ray getting 14 yeah, targets and not James dude. Washington? Are going to be surprised when James Washington leaves in the summer. Exactly. Mm. You can't have your cake and eat it. Yeah, too. not at all, bro. I think James Washington has probably already made his mind up in that regard. And you got to be real. He he he's handled himself in, as a professional. He absolutely has. He could have easily went the James Harrison route. He could have easily went the Stephen Nels route. He could have easily went any of these other players who have publicly displayed their displeasure with their roles. Melvin Ingram, prime mm-hmm. example, right? We want, mm-hmm. we don't want hostages, right? We want volunteers. James Washington, since the season has started, we haven't heard one iota about what a trade request. Ever since that happened in, in preseason and training camp, and clearly the team had made the decision that he was going to remain once Claypool went down, we haven't heard anything else from him. So if you're James Washington, man, you have done that right. You have earned your opportunity to go out there and hit the market. And even if it's not in the sense of more compensation, maybe it's a better opportunity. And for me, as a guy who left organization, came over here, at the time it wasn't the best move financially for me, but it was the best move opportunity-wise. Mm. And that opportunity turned into the trade-off the, there. The, the, the money. Yeah. So for, for James, it's like, man, reward yourself, mm-hmm. please. Yes. Because otherwise what you're going to end up doing is coming back here on a you know, a not-so-nice deal, and then you're going to be frustrated regretting it when things continue to not go in your favor because of whether it's a mis, you know, mismanagement, whether it's a different of how they view you, whatever it may be. That's my advice. Totally agree. Uh, our buddy Rod Dalla tweets us and says, you got to hire Mike Kafka as the next offensive Ooh. coordinator. He's the quarterback's coach for about. the Chiefs, mm-hmm. right? You got to think, though, if Eric Bieniemy does finally get the head coaching job that he deserves, uh, Kafka would probably be the the next guy in line to be yeah. OC there in Kansas City. And this is another one of those dose of reality truth moments. Yeah. 
if you were, well, maybe not you, the listener, because you're a big Steelers fan and you wear black and gold glasses, just like Moats and I do. But if you were an NFL coach with no ties to a franchise, where'd you rather be the OC next year? Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes or mm-hmm. with all the unknown in Pittsburgh? That's just the reality. But that's a good name for you to throw out there, Rod Dollar. He's certainly one of those one of those up and coming guys. Um, it is funny that we do that as as fans. We totally we always do. feel like our organization oh, the best. It, we're the Come best, on. and it's like, Let's go. well, we spent all year criticizing and critiquing all these flaws. But yet we're just so Why wouldn't he want to come here? Who wouldn't want to come here? It's like, didn't you just bash the coordinator, the coach? <laughs> the, the offensive line. The O-line. The wide receiver, The secondary. The, the, the side. Like, we bash all these people, but yet this is such a glamorous location. Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely come here. Like, it can't be both ways, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sensei tweets us and says, "You can." well, you're absolutely right. It cannot be. But you can't have your cake and eat it, too. But it's always funny to me, like, even with the Mason conversation, right? People bash Mason, bash, people will bash Mason. And then they turn around and be like, let's trade him. It's okay. Like, so for, for what, what? Like, what do we trade him for? It, if it, you think he stinks, what, you think everyone else in the league loves him? Oh, we can get him for at least a third round. Why? If he's so bad, why would I give him a third round if he's so bad? Because, you know, that's the old this adage, Arthur Motes. We need to trade all our bad players for all their good ones. Yeah. And they're going to accept it. Sensei tweets yeah. us and says, uh, I give Butler more leeway. The defense has had so many losses um, throughout this season. Canada, I'm a little more sour on because his system, while potentially limited, didn't seem to play to his players' strengths. That's a fair, you know, that like that's a, I think that's a fair point to make, but I wonder how much of that just relates to Ben being Ben. Because part of me, and I'm not like, I don't want to make it seem like I'm crushing Ben for that. I just think that might just be the reality of the situation. Well, because I also thought of this as an analogy. I was like, the way that we talk about Canada and we say that we feel like his offense is hampered a little bit because of the play from seven. At times it's good, at times it's not so good. Could we make the same case uh, to an extent for Keith Butler? When he has his best player available, Mm -hmm. TJ Watt, defense Mm -hmm. looks excellent. Mm -hmm. When his best player is unavailable, TJ Watt, Defense looks a little bit more shaky. But yet we do give Butler the benefit of the doubt, right? I do feel like we don't hold some of these performances against him when TJ is unavailable or he's out there, but we know he's laboring through things. Whereas it pertains to the offense, we don't really give Canada that luxury. If the offense looks good, it's because of Ben. If the offense looks bad, it's because of Canada. Like we're not allowed – Like you see the, oh, the totally. parallel, you see totally. the differences. Totally. And that's yeah. the other part where I'm just like – I think it's a little bit more, you know, minutia involved with these two guys and our perception of them than, you know, what totally first agree. meets the eye. Totally agree. Yenzer Steve says, I wouldn't bring Canada back. I think his offense is too predictable. Um, I also understand what people are saying about Ben maybe holding his offense back, but I also just don't see Canada's offense working in the National Football League. And, hey, that's – that's I know that's been a concern for a lot of people. It's it's too college like the lateral. Right? It's yeah, you know people use that word gimmicky. Um, I mean we say that, but we have seen success with these jet sweeps of lately. We have seen success with some of these screenplays of lately. We we see at times it works, but just as the team is as a whole, very inconsistent. Yes, absolutely agree. All right, let's see what we got here. 
Um, da, 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 da. Some of you guys tweeting about about Sunday and, and questions about the Chiefs. We'll get to those in, in the final segment mm-hmm. of the show. Joey tweets us and says, um, I'm digging this talk of being uh, in or not on Canada and Butler, but what about the all-important Heinz Stadium sponsorship? If not them, then who? No, seriously, right? <laughs> we can call it the SNR Phil. Ooh, the sponsor. Electric Factory. How much do you think it costs? I'll chip in forty bucks. You think we that'll just cover need it? name and race, right? You, th- you think that'll cover it? I'm ch- uh, let me. I'm doing the math because I was I was trying to think when I did JMU, right? Mm-hmm. We settled on the on the locker room. Stadium was a little bit more expensive, right, for them naming rights. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if GMU was what that price point was, mm. how much further do you think the Steelers is going to be? A little bit more. <laughs> Just a little bit. Is it maybe an extra zero on the end there? Like, what, one or two zeros to the yard? <laughs> I also, though, I wouldn't want to cough up that money because everyone's going to call it Heinz Field forever. Oh, forever. It's going to be like yeah. the Staples Center. Yes. I ain't calling it the Crypto.com. Crypto. Like, get get out of here. If I got to say .com in the name, I don't want to say it. It's not happening. I don't want to say it, bro. It's not happening. Although, you know, Electric Factory, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. We could take a loan out. We could take a loan out. That'd be a very substantial loan. Substantial loan. Yeah. Put the mortgage up with that loan. Sheesh. Double the mortgage. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Um, Russell tweets us. What's up, Russell? I haven't heard from you in a while either. He says, Canada is a tough decision. If I could, I would bring in Doug Peterson. Hmm. Ooh, you speaking a little bit of my language, huh? Okay, okay. Doug you know, Peterson. Speaking a little bit of my. Speaking a, he's a he's a quarterback guy. Yeah. What about Brian? Uh, Brian? No. Uh, what's the one that's down in uh, Alabama right now? Oh, uh, down there. Uh, um, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. That's the one. What about him? I'd rather have Doug Peterson. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I, 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 the idea of an outside mind, I'm coming I'm, in. I'm yeah. always on board with. Okay. I'm always on board with. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. A lot of questions about the draft. A lot of questions. Some about Mason Rudolph here. Let's get to these coordinator ones. Here we go. Um, TJ Watt for Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, our buddy Theodore. It's, I see you changing your name there on a Twitter.com. <laughs> Uh, I understand Canada doesn't have the players he needs to run his offense, but he has to work with what he's got. My only issue with him is he doesn't seem to adapt to his personnel. If I was the owner, I would bring him back for one more year, but he would be on a short leash. I I, I think I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, because like I said, if I don't have an issue with it if you're going to give him the full gamut, like the full control. Because I do think that all of us would agree that it, you know this season he has not always had the full luxury to call what he wants when he wants whether it's personnel related whether it's you know been in him related whatever you want to throw in there I just don't think that he's been allotted the full audition like others in the past like when it was Haley here I think that I thought that, that was Haley solely I'm sure when it was Wizard Hunt people would probably feel like it was Wizard Hunt solely mm-hmm. with Randy Feek we never felt like it was about like Ken that w- Coach Wiz baby yeah. But with, like, Randy Feekner, we never felt like it was Randy Feekner calling those calls solely. We thought that, hey, man, we know you're Ben's guy. So you're calling in a combination with Ben. We knew with Canada, hey, man, you're a younger, unproven guy. So even though we're going to respect what you're seeing, we know that Ben is also going to have, you know, his ability to call or have a, a little bit more say-so on some of these concepts and schemes. 
Whereas next year, that's going to be drastically different. Whether you roll with Mason Haskins, you draft the sure, guy. Sure, sure. Even bringing a guy in. None of these guys that we're referring to outside of the elite tier that we mentioned earlier are going to have that type of power. So I do think if we go that route, then yeah, I mean, why not let Canada come out here and get that audition? Because if it doesn't work, well, now you know two things. You know, okay, coordinator, we got to get a new one. We might even know quarterback, we might need to get a new one, right? If Mason isn't the guy or whoever we allow to get that opportunity next year, we might be saying that about them as well. So then I think we've exhausted it and we've done our due diligence. But right now, I can't 100% say yay or nay that Canada is qualified or not qualified because we just haven't had a fair shake yeah. at it. And that's, again, that's not the hot take answer that everybody wants. But, you know, Motes and I aren't hot take guys. We're honest guys. Unfortunately. All right, just like. Two or three quick ones here uh, before we get to break, and we'll get to the other, you know, again, your your other questions. Mm-hmm. If you've tweeted us, we got them here. Don't worry. We'll get to those in the final segment. The lit one, Rebecca, says we give rookies a break and say, oh, well, it's their first year. They're adapting. Maybe we should do the same for Matt Canada. First year is an offensive OC. TC says maybe Matt Canada just isn't that great. He's had, what, six jobs in the last seven years or something like that. But the six jobs and coaching wise, it's a little bit different. That is, that is, it, a lot, not, that is like part of the nature of the six beast. You're firing. It's six when it's like you're upgrading, you're promoting. Like that is a little different. Yeah, that, that's you go all. from yeah. Pitt to Maryland to LSU. I mean, yeah. upgrade, upgrade, and then from LSU to what? <laughs> Coming to the NFL, you know. So like, I just think it's a little. It's not as cut and dry as that. Whereas like when we're talking about players. I do think that's a little different when you're on multiple teams in that short of a span as well. Irie says, for me, it's just way too predictable of an offense to prepare for. Matt Canada's play calling feels JV. Uh, last one here. Tias tweets us. Ooh, first I was time say, I ain't never heard of Tias. Welcome to the party, pal. I hope I pronounced his first name correctly. T-E-J-A-S? I don't know. I heard the heckling cops going off in the, ear, in the headphones. That's all I wanted to hear. Says a good coordinator plays to the strengths and opportunities of their personnel. For the for the most part, Matt Canada has shown ineptitude to do that. And that's again, that's the that's the middle ground that that you know that we unless now, you're see, on the inside, you is, just don't know. And this is always my my, I guess, dying question on the inside, burning question on the inside. Ineptitude bad jv below the line all these things how are we here you understand what i'm saying like i get we are critical i understand that you know we're combing through this thing but we're not gonna act like he hasn't done anything successful like that would be that'd be false as well too like we, we, too, we are here. We're in the postseason. We know what this team has looked like personnel-related, whether it's been COVID, whether it's been injuries, whether it's just been guys underperforming. Mm-hmm. And that's on offense that we're talking about as well, mm-hmm. almost exclusively on offense when we're talking about it in this vein. I do feel like, <laughs> in a sense, Canada has done some good things to overcome some of this stuff. Sure, sure. The old lines inefficiencies throughout the season, that hampered them. 
We talk about the receivers at various parts of the season where they were lacking in separation. Even now, they still don't get the best separation. Ray Ray, we've highlighted why he gets targeted so much because he wins the easiest and the fastest. But we know he's still limited as a receiver. But it's like, man, we throw all of that in there. But yet, when we refer to Canada, we wipe all of that away. and We only look at Canada as the negative. And it's like, how can we speak on all of these negative variables in how it's hampered the performance, how it's hampered Ben's performance? But yet, when we talk about those same things, we just erase them. For Canada, I, I that's that's where I have that disconnect. That's why I just keep coming back to this thing of like, I don't think it's as bad as people made it. I I, I don't. I understand it wasn't what we wanted it to be, but man, I'd be very interested in an alternate universe where Juju stays healthy this year, and let's just you know, let me dream here. Oh, here we go. Pouncey and DeCastro were both back and healthy and productive. Then I feel like we could really evaluate Mac. I would agree. Yeah. We got to get the break here, though, Arthur Motes, but we'll get back to the tweets. Unfortunately, we have to go to break. Unfortunately. And see, here he goes, just taking over, trying to act like he the boss. No, we don't work overtime. How how do you know we wanted to go to the tweets? Maybe I wanted to go talk about something different. Hey, then that's that's your prerogative. But you know, I thought it was a Motes host Wednesday. I guess it's not in this new facility. (laughs) Did you, get so, a, did you get a with, security card yet? Huh, I have not. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we will go to the Twitter.com <laughs> even more so to get the rest of your tweets when we get back from this break. You already know where to hit us up at on the Twitter.com at TheBody52. TheBody. And at Wesley Euler. The Good Hair. And this is Arthur Wilson, Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio.